Welcome to Hallel Fellowship, found on the internet at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. We hope you are encouraged by the following recorded Bible study to look deeper into every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and how they were lived out in the life of Yeshua HaMashiach, often called Jesus the Christ. Leviticus chapter 12 and 13, discussing uh, the, the, the different types of contamination. It goes obviously deeper in Mitzor, which is next week, to deal with purifications, how to clean stuff up, and, and the shaving and the houses and everything else that goes with it. Uh, so before we go in these, in these spiels, spiels about what we're talking about today, uh, we'll be sitting more of our time discussing the, uh, the symbolism or intention behind these afflictions as opposed to the afflictions themselves. Because although I know it says when it's white color or it has, you know, the different colors, hairs in it, I am not an expert by any stretch of the imagination when it comes to you know, inflammation issues of, of bodily, air, uh, bodily problems. I have my own skin, str- skin struggles I deal with that are not this bad, but still they have my own. I, I can't heal them. So who am I to say what these things are? So it's, 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 it's beyond, my, uh, beyond my expertise by a long shot. And I do know, I did, did read of this case that were, they were doing this. The, there are a few rabbinical groups that are attempting, attempt is the best word you can use, to re, or re-diagnose what these things are. If they ever do get a temple going again, that's the idea of trying to, okay, how, what do we know what these things are or are not? Uh, most of these things are blemishes and designed to catch blemishes separate from like serious infl- afflictions. But uh, again, it's, they're still working on that. Uh, Larry, you have your hand up. And I'm thinking of the, one of the big problems here because this isn't for us anyway. It's for the priests. Right. The priests are not giving the instructions. We Correct. We're not expected to understand it. Really. No, nope, we don't have to. You're absolutely right. That, that's one of the things we talk about just briefly. I'll spend a few minutes discussing that topic. Is that it's supposed to be somebody who is qualified to know what the world are talking about? Not just some random thing. The idea is that you have a priest look at it as opposed to, well, I think it's such and such, or she thinks it's such and such. Okay, wait, wait. Have somebody who knows what they're, who's trained to look at it say, yeah, it's this, or no, it's that, as opposed to for a proper diagnosis. So it said that they, these people were um, quarantined? Or, yes, you quarantined now, them. Do they, were they like all alike together, or did they have like a certain area they had to go in? I mean, is so, it by themselves? Like right, content? that's a good question. So there are two um, types of quarantining done. In rabbinical thought, they do it two different ways, and they disagree on which way was actually done in real life, all right? One way is they quarantined the spot or the section of the body. Let's pretend it was on your arm. They quarantined by, by wrapping the arm up or drawing some kind of a mark to be around the spot and to, 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 to verify it does or doesn't grow and leave it marked that way. So some argued it's, it's some kind of a, our quarantine is that you're, you're, you're marking around it so you can tell when it grows because our eyes aren't that good. Our memories aren't that great. A week later, did it grow much? Well, maybe it grew up like a millimeter. Who's going to notice that, right? Or, or it could be skin cancer. very, very slow growing. Um, and that's one idea is to quarantine the spot. The other philosophy is that things, no, 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 you must quarantine the individual away from not just like in a, in like a, a leper colony, but by themselves. No other people around them, not even other diseased people. They're all isolated. So there's two different ways which Judaism would normally do this, or everybody's argue do, do this. That is, is independent of the famous leper colonies. You would never do a leper colony, per se. 
Leper colonies are a different problem. And we've discussed that just briefly because we're running out of time here already. Uh, I feel like going to a new moon today. Right. So in the case of leper colonies, which we'll discuss that, actually, we'll, we'll go there right now. But we, we, we might as well jump into it. That's kind of the basic where, where we're headed. In the, leper, the leprosy issue. So um, in our English Bible, a lot of it's focused and distresses the word leprosy. Well, that's, that's okay, but it's really not a fair word. Leprosy in, the, in your English Bible refers to is it's a disease. Be a lot of diseases, and there are there as Rose asked, there are heal that you can heal. Uh, uh, it's Hansen's disease, what's called leprosy. There is I forgot I forgot the medicine, but they they had developed a, a, like an antibiotic, whatever that actually stops it. It doesn't make your body heal like repair itself, but it prevents it from getting any worse and stops wherever it's at. You'll have like if you lost a finger or two, it's not going to grow back, but it'll prevent it from growing before you can live on a normal life again. So they figured that out. Well, less than 100 years ago, they figured what that was and how to stop it. Um, and that helped a lot of people. Now, there's really nobody ever really dies or has suffered. I think they have like a little spot, but if they, if they catch it, they heal it quickly. But then it's, that's it. So this is not a disease as it once was. This is far, far less deadly as it used to be. Um, let's move forward a little bit because in Judaism, they, they, they take this, uh, this principle of leprosy or this zarat issues as a spiritual one as opposed to a physical one. Yes, you can come in contact with someone who has a disease and you can catch it. That's normal. It happens, right? You could, he has an infection. I cut my hand. We touch each other. Guess what? We both have the infection. <laughs> that's, that's not, they're not arguing that. Their point is that if you're walking around and you're a perfectly healthy person and all of a sudden this disease breaks out on you, all of a sudden, meaning sometime in your life, maybe a few weeks go by, so something's wrong. They go, well, why is that? What causes disease? And they have interpreted, right or wrong, I can't say, they interpret it as caused by your mouth, what you say. And they interpret that because the examples given to us in the Bible regarding people who catch this disease, leprosy in particular, it's because of what they said or did that God struck them with it. All right? So Miriam is the most famous one. She spoke against Moses, and by her word choice, by kidding Moses, God said, uh, you don't have the right to do such a thing. How, you, did not, you did not fear to speak against my sir Moses, therefore I'm striking you with leprosy. And she gets it. It's that her words were offensive to another person who was not there to defend themselves. They were often, most often his own. And so she was, she was gossiping about Moses and about his life and condemning what he did. Thought, she thought he was wrong. And God said, you don't have the fear in you to have, done, to have known this. You should not do this. Therefore, your penalty is you get struck with leprosy by the hand of God. And she had to sit at the camp for a period of time and, 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 deal, and deal with this. And, had, and Aaron and Moses had to intervene on her behalf. But that was one of the primary examples of, wait a minute, so God, this was the conclusion rabbis concluded, God can give somebody leprosy based on their words and their actions. All right? It's a, like a correction, a penalty. It shows up on their skin. They, it, it, it dissolves them and they, and they die. The next instance they, they cite quite frequently is, of course, uh, Uzziah the king. The king Uzziah wanted to be like a priest. He said, hey, God's been good to me. He's taken care of me. I've built synagogues. I've built uh, 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 cities and towns and defended them. And I've spread the word of God. And I now have teachers going out and they're teaching about God. I am a godly man. I wish to go talk to God. He opened, entered the, the, the holy sanctuary. 
Say, hey, I'm a righteous person. I am teaching God's ways. I'm instructing people about God. I'm doing everything God wants to do, and he is blessing me. I wish to go speak to God. Open the sanctuary doors. The Holy of Holy area. And the priest said, you can't do that. Yes, I can. I'm doing the right thing. I'm a righteous man. I'm doing, I'm doing exactly what God wanted me to do. Open the door and try to walk in. And God said, no. Struck with leprosy. Now, that's not name. The name is second. We'll get the name in a minute. So the example of that not, now this man was, was he doing something evil in teaching people about God? No. Was he doing evil about spreading the word of God? No. He wasn't doing anything evil in, in the good things he was doing. But he took yeah, he went one step further than he was authorized to do. Pride is another example of pride. He made himself equivalent to or similar to the priests, what they could do. He said, well, this is justified. I can do this, right? Just like a priest. We could argue saying there's preachers today. I'm like a priest. No, I'm not. But I'm, I, was, I was projecting it. I'm not a priest at all. I don't want to be. But there, is that there are individuals who, who, who project themselves, well, I'm, I'm like a priest. to send this or treat me like that or whatever. It's the same principle. You're putting yourself in a position which you didn't actually get. God assigns and God does not assign. You don't assign yourself. And so Uzziah then received leprosy as he stepped and spoke not evil, but spoke against God's instructions about who is and who isn't a priest. And God said, yeah, no, you went too far. You, now you get struck leprosy for the rest of his life. Unlike Miriam who got healed, he was a leper the rest of his life till he died. Um, uh, uh, Larry, your hand is up. So that was a mercy to let him have this in his life instead of dying in his sins. Amen. It's, it's hard, but amen. I'd rather be punished here in this life than the next one. I, I know it's, it's painful, it's misery. I'll say, God, why me? All those things that we always say, which is being meaningless, but we say it anyway. <laughs> but reality is, it's better to be punished in this life for your mistakes so you can learn from them than it is waiting until the next life and goes like, now it's your permanent correction. I don't want permanent corrections. So minor short ones are good. <laughs> Don't go be permanent ones. Uh, yes, uh, Rose. Yeah, uh, this conversation we're having today is, uh, is really amazing to me. I was in prayer last night, and I was thanking God that Christ came and tore the curtain, and he invited us in. And I, I was just telling him how grateful I was that, that he would allow someone like me to come before his throne and actually cohabitate with the Father. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this conversation today, it, it, just, uh, it just seals that, that uh, the prayer I was having last night, God is just so amazing and so good that, uh, you know, he gave his son so that we could have that opportunity to come and never come with pride, but come with thanksgiving right. always. Always right. uh, have that sacrifice of thanksgiving before you ever think about entering that throne room. There are, and there are two things going along those lines. There are two things we're to come across, right? This, this specific topic. Rose, you're absolutely right. There's an important thing that God has taught us and shown us. So Uzziah tried to on his own. I'm, I did right, God. I'm the best I can. I'm, say, I'm righteous. You're blessing me. Therefore, I'm going to make this happen. That's not the method God wants. He's the one who decides who, when, and how. Yeah, exactly. You, 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 you follow. So there's, te- there's sometimes which we try to force our way in, 
force our will upon God, and sometimes, which we wait, although agonizingly slow sometimes, it's waiting, God decides when to go in and when not to. Those are important things to distinguish when and when not. And Uzziah did not catch the when versus when not. But besides, but now it's time, the when is, exists. Now, the, now it's a matter of how. <laughs> you're going to walk in or not. <laughs> you, you choose to do so. So you, it, it's up to you now. But the point is that the timing was off with Uzziah. The philosophy he was thinking of, hey, I'm teaching about God. I'm spreading God's word. I'm advocating God's way of life to people. I'm telling him to get rid of these, ar- these garbage idols. He's doing everything he should do. That's great. But that doesn't mean you get to now dictate to God when. That's not your decision. You don't do the when. God says when. And you got to wait. Because Uzziah was not in a place where he should have been. Now, did, am I in Uzziah's mind? Absolutely not. Do I know what he was thinking? No way. I have no clue what he's thinking. I'm not him. But the point is, his actions demonstrate he was in a direction, going a direction where he believed he was justified. But you can't be justified before God. He believed he was, and that was not justified. And the priests warned him, you can't do that. And when it drops to Uzziah, he didn't heed the warnings. That's a serious problem that all humans, I am guilty of, to not heed the warnings, not recognize this is a warning. I just brush it off. We rationalize things away really quick. I'm, we're all good at that. And brush, brush the warnings aside, and like, man, this was a disaster. Yep, it was a disaster. Good job. <laughs> no, heed the warnings. Uh, uh, Anne, your hands up. Is it Josiah or is it Hezekiah? Uh, I was going to say Uzziah is what I was referring to. Oh, U- Uzziah. U- Uzziah. Okay. You can get the name Uzi from the gun. Oh, Uzziah. Okay. <laughs> it's the same, 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 same name. Okay, thank you. Um, not that he made a gun. It was, it, okay, that's, I, I digress. <laughs> that was not, <laughs> bird walk. Okay, <laughs> let's move past that. Uh, let's, um, let, let's go through. Uh, so the two things I want to cover real quick. This won't take too long. Um, go to Second Kings chapter four. This is our Hoftor portion, which discusses a scenario that takes place where a gentleman tried to uh, uh, what's the word? take or, 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 or usurp God's, God's place. So he's, you, uh, for Second King, chapter 4, to go all the way down to verse uh, 42, the famous... Uh, uh, the, so we're about to go into the story of Naaman, but it doesn't start with Naaman's story. There's a reason why our Torah portion does not, sorry, Hoftor does not start with Naaman's story in those stories about, about, about leprosy or the Zarat. It covers something else first on purpose, which seems unrelated, but it's totally dead on. All right? And uh, James uh, backs that up. We'll go to James shortly. So start out in 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 42 of chapter 4 of 2 Kings. It starts out with this part, of this, which sounds strange why it's in here, but it's here on purpose. Chapter, 42, sorry, chapter 4, verse 42 of 2 Kings. Then a man came from uh, Baal Shalisha and brought the man of God bread from the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley bread and newly ripened grain in his knapsack. He said, give it to the people that they may eat. His servant said, what? Shall I set this for a hundred men? He's, he said again, give it the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. So he set it before them and they ate and had some left over according to the word of the Lord. That's where we get uh, the, the miracle of, of Christ. Yeah, he copied this one. Uh, copies the right word. He, he utilized this thing to demonstrate who he was. Like, copy is the wrong word, but it's like a, a repeat. Anyway, but it starts there on purpose because we're contrasting Elisha 
and his servant and Naaman. These are different characters in the story. So this tells you what Elisha, know, what was Elisha's concern here? What was his focus? Don't worry, trust God, distribute it. He'll take care of it. And God will take care of this. He was concerned about someone other than himself. That's what he's doing. Serve people who are hungry, serve them. He was concerned about them as opposed to himself. That's important separation. Because what happens when we gossip about people? Are we concerned about them? No. <laughs> what are we doing when we gossip about them? Tearing that down, which helps you feel like you're being lifted up. How much better I'm so the better than so and so? Look what they did. That's the nature of how we gossip we, or speak evil of someone else. That is that bring them down to make me feel like I'm lifted up. Am I actually lifting myself up? No. I just have this strange emotional feeling like I am. I'm really not. But the emotional feeling they say feel like I am, therefore I, I feel like I must be doing right, though I'm doing wrong. Okay. The idea is that focus on somebody else as opposed to yourself. This changes your, your viewpoint, your perspective when you're dealing with something that is gossiping. Now let's go into Naaman, chapter 5. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back a captive young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Amon went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. So the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, so this letter comes to you, that I may have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. Now it happened when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to he- kill and make alive? This man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes, they had sent to the, to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So then Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash the Jordan seven times. Your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call the name of the God of his, Lord of his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Arbana and uh, Far... Far par rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Try to wash and then be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. Then his servants came near and spoke to him, said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down, dipped seven times the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Then he returned to the word of God he, and all of his aides and came to stood before him and said, 
Indeed, now I know there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now therefore, please take a gift from your servant. But, he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. He urged her to take it, but he refused. Simon said, then if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth, for your servant will no longer offer either burnt offering nor sacrifice to other gods but to the Lord. Yet in this thing may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes in the temple of Ramon to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow down in the temple of Ramon, when I bow down in the temple of Ramon, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. He said to him, Go in peace. He departed from him a short distance. Pause. So we have the scenario where Naman, who was, was, was not willing to follow this simple instruction, because he thought of himself and his own, ho- own house, his own world, of greater value than this simple minor thing. That's the principle of how we deal with this issue of self-worth and self-aggrandizement versus something or someone other than you, other than you, people who are lesser than you, insignificant than you. Mind you, these are Israelites, which Naman and his cult- culture would, would disdain to begin with. He is, has to bring himself down lower than them to submit his own will against this decision to clean himself. That's a principle which is contrary to gossips. They don't do that. Those put themselves lower than the person they're gossiping about. That's not done, because that would be gossiping about yourself, which is actually also wrong. We don't gossip about ourselves either. You can do that, but you shouldn't do it. It's also wrong. <laughs> but it's to lower one's down, self way, way, way down. Miriam was not lowering herself down. Uzziah was not lowering himself down. The day of lowering down is a very difficult thing to do for someone who, who does a life of business of lowering other people down. Now a scenario which the, 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 the t- tables turn. We'll continue on the story. Tables turn a little bit. We have somebody else who manipulates the scenario to gain himself up. See one verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master spared Naman, the Syrian, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naman. When Naman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? He said, all is well. My master has sent me, saying, Indeed, just now two young men of the sons of prophets have come to me, the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garments. Simon said, Please, take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in his bag with two changes of garments and handed them to, handed them to two of his servants. And they carried them on ahead of him. When he came to the citadel, he took them from their hand and stored them away in the house. Then he, went, then he let the men go, and they departed. Now when he, when he went in and stood before his master, and Elisha said to him, Where did you go, Gehazi? He said, oh, Your servant did not go anywhere. They said to him, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from this chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing? olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants. Therefore, the leprosy of Naman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous, white as snow. So the transfer, so Gehazi saw an opportunity of gain to lift himself up and lower the Syrian down by physically 
lying and taking what Syrian owned, the talent of silver, two talents of silver, as well as change of clothing. So it's a way of, of saying this Syrian as if he's a disgusting person. Why did I not take from him the stuff he brought? I will take from him as if he to give me honor. And of course, as a result, he received both the honor of the money, but also the dishonor of leprosy went with it. So he lost what he, what he was trying to gain. But the, the idea, the principle, it was his whole family, all of this, which, which Pat brought up earlier, the question of the curse of the third and fourth generation, right? Well, wait, wait, wait but what, what did his great, 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 great grandchildren ever do to deserve this, right? Well, you have to ask yourself, I do not know, obviously, I don't know, I don't know how many children Gehazi had. He may not have had, he may not have had any, who knows? I, maybe he was a young man, maybe he was an old man, I don't know. But whatever the case may be, it was a curse upon him and, because he wanted this funds, this money. And mind you, those of you who are not aware of this, a large amount of money can change your family tree. For the good or bad, it can change your family tree. All right? So it could change your whole descendants for generations to come. Now, for the good or better or worse, it may vary from who it is. So if he was looking at gaining a large amount for himself, probably would affect his descendants, how many descendants he would have, as well. Though he's going to benefit himself and his descendants, well, then the, comes, the money comes with the curse went with it. Ill-gotten gain, so to speak. It can affect your descendants as well. I do not know if Gehazi even had kids. He may have died a leper. Mind you, it's hard to marry someone who's leprous. It just is. You can say, oh, wife. He looks at you like, <laughs> you're not my first choice buddy <laughs> I'd rather choose someone else so I don't he may never have even had children I have no idea but Elisha cursed you want to change your family tree for the better well you'll get the money he didn't, got, uh, Elisha didn't tell you couldn't have the money he didn't say that so you get leprosy to go with it it's a go hand in hand but the principle is you know, Gehazi used deceit and lying, it's like in order to gain something over this Naman, this, this Syrian, which he didn't like or didn't want to use. Uh, before we go, why uh, Upai did so, we'll go into go to Deborah's comment. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Deborah. There was some notice it said in the beginning, it said uh, the, te- the 10 changes of clothes that yes. he gave. Is that anything to do with um, Benjamin? Remember when he got 10 changes of clothes? I just re- remember him when Joseph gave him 10 changes. So remember I that? don't, yeah, he did have, I, think, I can't remember if it was 10 or 5, but yeah, he did give, oh, it was 5, five, five, oh, five okay. changes of clothing. I don't know, sometimes when I see right. a thread like that, I wonder, well, in, in, yeah, in, in, it kind of gives me the exactly. thread that goes through the Bible. Totally. In modern okay, day, so wasn't, huh? in modern day, we, clothing is relatively inexpensive. Inexpensive? Yeah, it doesn't cost a lot of money in comparison. Oh, but then it did. And then, because it was all hand, handmade, handmade, oh, we have, boy. we have, we have rapier looms that make this stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. true, huh? Five minutes, you have like a hundred yards. Right, right. <laughs> okay, and, and it's, it's, and, 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 and the rapier looms are fast, a crazy speed. Yeah, and people so, in other countries, they make them by Yeah, hand, they make, huh? yeah, textiles are quick and cheap and easy. Well, oh. at this time in history, they weren't. Right. It's like, oh, you want this garment? Okay, uh, we'll try. Give me three weeks, or maybe maybe a month. Wow! And mind you, I'm paying ten. the person a month's wages to get one outfit. <laughs> so it, that's a lot of money. It's not like it's cheap and easy. Wow! And when a king tears his garment, you just ruined all the money that went into that making that garment. Yeah. So the king was so he tore his garment. Why'd you tear your clothes? The whole, I didn't get my way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, I need to mend them together. Some darning, some darning needles. It's a big deal well, to lose, lose clothing. Was he was mad. 
And so that, so the, it, it was, it was a great value and you didn't, you didn't have lots of outfits. We change outfits every day. Well, at that point in history, you'd have maybe two for your year. Yeah, you have ones that you do on special occasions and ones that you do the rest of the day, the week, all your work, 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 um, work, work occasions. That's pretty much all you really have, right? You need travel light, <laughs> carry your stuff. So James chapter three, we'll, we'll go, jump here and we'll, we'll end here as well, discusses the scenario which we have where we find ourselves in. So in Messiah's day and obviously prior to that and even since then, Judaism has tr- interpreted errors in your body, problems in your body cause, are caused by errors coming out of your mouth. What comes in your mouth is a cause of which causes all diseases. Not, not like flus and colds, but like, this, like chronic diseases that are visible to you. And we're not discussing cancers like bone cancer necessarily, although that is an emotional spiritual disease too. A lot of, most cancers, most cancers are, are spiritual diseases as well, as, just as much as they are physical. There's struggles with inside the person that they may be battling. And I don't know any of them. I'm not the smart, that smart per, type of person, but they do exist. So um, James to three, James covers this topic in particular because it was prevalent in his day, before him, and still is after him. So James three says, uh, James three says, uh, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Pause. Uh, yet, yeah. by the way, um, when you teach your kids and you are a bad example, what happens? Your kids, your kids grow up as bad examples. It's really important as a parent, teach your kids to be a good example, right? If you're a bad example, you can't expect a better example out of your kids. You get the whole, do as they say, not as they do. That garbage doesn't work. <laughs> that philosophy doesn't work. Don't do that. Don't pretend it doesn't work. So don't all become, you know, I'm, follow me, follow me. You better be the best example there is because you don't want somebody following you. Verse two, for we, will all, for, for we all stumble in many, in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large, they are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a, a little fire it kindles? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is also set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. <laughs> For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or image of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring can yield both salt water and fresh. Who is wise among you, understanding among you, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing will be there. 
But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we have this principle that James is giving to us. And what is the basic principle of? It's you. It's yourself. It's your body. It's your own tongue. It's our own weakness. The one thing we can't tame. That's what we have to tame. That's the goal. With that, that, now that we're not saying that's the goal of all life. That's the goal of when it comes to what he's referring to here as far as un- inability to tame it. The individuals we, which we just went through with we're talking about uh, uh, Miriam, Uzziah, as well as uh, Mnemonic Gehazi, it was their tongue, their self-will, the lifting themselves up that destroyed them, that took them down. Those, those things come out of their mouths because that's where it does. Out of mouth proceeds the heart. So it will emanate from you and as a result, it leads you in a path that results in What's, what's the solution to leprosy? Well, next, next week, we'll cover that. You got isolated. You're left alone. It's, it's really hard to gossip when there's no human around to listen. Isn't it? Pretty gossip too. The wall. No phones either. That's not, that's the, you, can't, you can't do cell phones. <laughs> no Facebook pages. <laughs> no one to gossip with. You can't gossip anymore then, can you? Can you tear somebody else down when you're alone? Well, you can when you're talking to God, essentially, but will God listen to your teardowns? He doesn't listen to mine. I don't think he listens to yours either. Uh, it doesn't work very well. So the, the idea is that we can't, we can't control our tongue, and the solution that a leprous person gets is you are kicked, isolated out, completely alone. Everyone knows why you're there. It's humiliating, but that's the nature of gossiping of what we're trying to do, trying to battle, what James is pointing out. There's a serious problem that all people run across. We all run across it, of, of thinking or, or wishing something was different than we did. We, oh, well, so-and-so did such and such, or we think it, or we don't, what do we say it or not? We're thinking about it. Those are all gossip scenarios, and God knows what you're thinking. He knows when you're gossiping. Say, like, man, why do I have this disease? Why are these illnesses, these struggles? Well, how, how many of you put it on yourself? Yeah, something, something poor goes in, something poor comes out. There's all those things are issues. So we're going we're gonna to end our Torah portion now. So we have time for our new moon because we have, it's, it's basically you know, 20 minutes to three. So any comments or questions regarding this Torah portion? It's pretty, pretty straightforward, right? Nothing too complicated about it. I said I'm not going to go through diagnosis for us what H disease happens to be. Uh, Pamela, you have a hand up? Go ahead, go ahead Pamela. Yeah, I was going to say uh, the gift that... Uh the Gehazi accepted, probably had leprosy in them. It very well might be. I do not know. The, 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 the items may have been contaminated to start with. It's hard to say. I, I have no idea. But the principle, yeah. Either way, he got, he, he got what he asked for and more. Uh, it's, uh, and that's, that's the nature of how this process is supposed to work theoretically. I'm not an expert in it, but this is how, this is how the, the, the both rabbinical literature discuss it and, of course, we know as humanity, we discuss the same problem. Uh, Carrie, your hand up. I was just thinking that sometimes these discussions, we get reduced down to just the behavior. And the fact is, it's the condition of the heart that motivates the behavior. So it's really important 
you know, well, at least I see it. Internally. It's important for me to look at the condition of my heart on a consistent basis. Yep. Then I don't have to worry about my behavior. Right. <laughs> right. The, 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 the principle being if, if, if you're not in a mental state or emotional state of upsetness, you don't tend to gossip to begin with. The behavior is already checked. Uh, well, that's the principle which, which Messiah had, had, had amplified many of, the, many of the principles which we have the Torah about do as you want them to do unto you. That principle of what do you want from this person? Not, not just don't treat them poorly, but what do you want them, to, how do you want them to treat you then you treat them accordingly. It's the idea of what's inside of you deciding. Not only do I want to gossip, I don't want to think about it. I want to think them to think positive of, of me. Therefore, I must think positively of them. Even if I think they don't deserve it. It makes no difference if I think they deserve it. I have to think positively of them. I have to treat them accordingly inside because it emanates out accordingly. It's pretty obvious for most people as far as how it shows up that way. That way. You've been listening to a discussion at Hallel Fellowship. If you would like to hear more discussions or if you have any questions, visit the website at hallel.info. That's H-A-L-L-E-L dot I-N-F-O. Hallel.info. Hallel.info.